welcome to the Unapologetic Connections podcast. We are spicing things up, having no podcast hosts, no scripts, and bearing it all completely unedited. We are a group of entrepreneurial women who believe in true, deep, unapologetic stories. Because life isn't always Instagram worthy. Life is messy, unpredictable, and can rock you to the core. It's time to unmask and show all aspects of ourselves unapologetically. Let's come together, rock this thing called life, and support the heck out of each other. Because ain't nobody got time for the mask of judgment. Get ready to connect, share, and feel the unedited love of unapologetic connections. Welcome back, Connections. We are so excited to be diving into our topic this week, how to bring your sexy back. Every week, we flip the switch on traditional thinking and we strip away the stories that have held women back. But first, a big thank you to our podcast sponsor, Nude Vodka Soda, a boutique beverage company offering a line of vodka sodas, gin sodas, iced teas, and soon a tequila soda. Nude comes in... Nude comes in a variety of flavors, just like all of us, and Nude is equally as stripped down because they cut away all the sugar and sweeteners you'd normally find in a ready-to-drink cooler. You can find them at NudeVodkaSoda.com and on Instagram at NudeVodkaSoda. But let's get into it. Ooh. Ooh. How to bring your sexy back. Haley, what have we got today? I think this topic is going to get juicy. I mean, when you put how to bring your sexy back, obviously maybe we're thinking of Justin Timberlake and his six-pack, eight-pack, ten-pack? Paris pack. Paris pack. pack. Okay, so we have an amazing group of people here and I am super excited to tell you who is all here with this amazing question that we have. The question is, what did sexy mean to you in the past compared to the present? Ashley McIver, health and accountability coach, would you start us off with that question? I was actually sitting here having a tough one with that. I was overthinking this question a little bit too much. Um, If I was to say sexy back in my 20s or even 19, I would think it was more appearance, how I was dressing, how I was wearing my hair, wearing my boobs out, etc. That sort of thing. As an adult being 39 years old, I think more along the lines of my accomplishments and what I'm doing and my independence and my strength. And that to me is more sexy. Uh, Going out now, you'll catch me. I don't you know, my clothing is different. I'm older now. I can't wear the stuff I used to wear. So I find that the things that I've done, the things that I've succeeded at, I find that makes me feel really sexy. So are you defining sexy as confidence? Is that kind of what you're... Yeah. Light bulb. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think as my confidence went up, because I wasn't very confident when I was like, I mean, people struggle at that age, Mm -hmm. 19, 20... The appearance is how we, if we're struggling on the inside, the appearance we need to show, it needs to kind of make up for that. Yeah. And yet back then you defined it as sexy, which I find really interesting how that definition has really changed for you over the years. Right. So that's sort of where I'm at now. So everything I'm accomplishing, I find that that makes me feel sexy. It makes me feel good. 
day a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that answer. That's so awesome. I love sexy confidence. Just, I, I sorry, when you were saying that, I was thinking about Justin Timberlake saying, "I'm bringing confidence back." Like <laughs> <laughs> okay, the same ring to it. Yeah, we, we need to do a remix with just us singing it. <laughs> okay. So, Jessica Houston, life coach and facilitator of Glitter and Grace Coaching. Same question. What did sexy mean to you in the past compared to the present? Um, well, I think going back to my younger years, I think it's similar to what Ashley was saying, actually. Sexy to me back then was very physical. And back in my teen years, you know, I had... Mm, I'd say about 40 pounds less than I have now on my body. I had bigger boobs, skinnier waist, you know, nice long hair. And that to me was the epitome of sexy. And as I've gotten older and changed my body or my body's changed, (laughs) whether I liked it or not, um, I've had to really redefine what sexy means to me. And I think it goes very much hand in hand with your confidence and with your self-worth and um, how you present yourself to other people. And I think for me, like being sexy is being able to ask what you want out of somebody and being able to tell them very confidently, this is what I'm looking for. And, and just being very clear in your boundaries and being really clear on who you are as a person. And that to me now is what defines sexiness. Wow. Um, no, you leveled up when your boundaries are sexy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, my boundaries are so sexy. <laughs> sexy well, and especially um, being great. like confident enough to say what you want, right? I think that's something that maybe we struggled with when we were younger. Definitely. Right? Because we, we didn't really know who we were. No, and not having any experience to go into, you know, what do I like? What do I not like? And um, really, it was just, to be honest, sexiness to me was sort of getting other people's um, validation. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. now it's kind of gone the opposite way. Yeah. Well. Awesome. Thank you for sharing Mm -hmm. that. Okay. Christy Powers, photographer extraordinaire. (laughs) Same question. Okay. So I think that a lot of our answers are going to have some similarities in that I think when I was younger, sexiness, sexy to me was more of an outward thing. It was more about what are you wearing? How is your makeup? How are you acting? And is that even real? Like, I feel like there's like kind of a, a fakeness factor to trying to be sexy or what you thought is sexy. Back in the day, I was probably watching like MTV music videos. <laughs> and those girls dancing, being like, yeah, I want to be like that when I get older. <laughs> but as I'm older now, and I, I still actually want to do that. <laughs> She's not kidding. We know what you do on the weekend. Okay. So we're talking fly girl? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's date ourselves. Fly girl, yeah. Fly girl, I was going to say that. So... But what I find now is that, you know, whereas before it was more of an outward thing, and I feel like sexiness has become an inward thing. And it's what's going on within you and what you feel. And I think in the end, it exudes out of you, if that makes sense. And um, as a photographer, like boudoir, and uh, I don't love the word boudoir, but um, it's just everybody knows that term. And I find that from the beginning, I've been photographing it from the beginning for about nine years. And I always found that women, and even now today, I still get e- emails in my inbox. They're like, I really want to give this gift to my husband for Christmas, for anniversary, for weddings, all these things. I want to gift it to my husband. And I say to them, that's great. That's fantastic. But I think what you'll find in the end 
it's actually going to serve you more than you will ever know. Right. Yeah. I love that, Christy. Yeah. How would you, I'm so curious, how would you brand or rebrand the word boudoir? If you That's could? a freaking great question because I, I think about it. I think about it all the time because I don't like saying it. I don't love the word. I like, you know, maybe the word intimate, intimate mm. is, a, mm. is another kind of mm. word. I don't know, but this is like, this is something I've been brainstorming on because I just, I'm just not, a, I just don't super love the word. Mm-hmm. And, and I just encourage you all to go do a boudoir, whatever you want to say <laughs> for yourself, mm-hmm. because I, um, I felt like for years I was a bit of a fraud because I would tell everybody, you know, you, you're worth it. You are beautiful mm-hmm. just as you are. You must do it for yourself. And in the end I never did because I was waiting for to lose that extra 10 pounds, 20 mm-hmm. pounds. And I never did it. And this year I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk the walk instead of talk the talk. And I did my own shoot this year and it was just, wow. and it was for myself and it's an amazing experience. Oh, she has brought the sexy back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Thank you, Christy. That's so awesome. Okay. Melanie Dawn from Bliss Coaching. Same Hi question. guys. Same question. Well, as someone who completely lost her sexy for so many years, I think I'm finding it again and it feels really good. And again, in my younger years, it was definitely about an outward appearance and what you're wearing and how you're showing up. And, you know, if you guys know my backstory, I'm struggled with like food and body image issues. And I am on the other side of that at this point, and I'm finally starting to feel, and it feels uncomfortable saying this, sexy. Like, it's a yeah, feeling, yeah. and people see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is so hot. Like, I finally can own my body and my skin and show up as I am feeling good. It's a fucking awesome feeling. Oh, I just I'm like, so yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's okay, really because, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I was hiding for so long that finally being able to be out and be seen and feel worthy of putting on clothes that fit me is such a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Such a good feeling. Wow. Yeah. I love that, I'm, Mel. Good for you. Yeah. Good yeah, for you. It feels really. Sexy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, right? Yeah. yeah. When I hear us say, a lot of us have said how when we were younger, it was more of the um, outward appearance. Yeah. So maybe a part of that as well is just, that's just how it is as well when you're that age. I work for the school district as well. And I know that when I go into the high schools and I see these young girls that are 16 or 17, I mean... of them are decked and lashes and, Mm. you know, like, so there is got to be something to be said about the fact that this is a lot of just how they think sexy looks now. That's how we thought it looked back then. And I think that's where part of the issue started though. Absolutely. And that's why I believe as a lot of us have daughters of our own of how important it is to teach these girls and our girls that health is not a fucking size and that Mm -hmm. your legs might be bigger than my legs, but look at how strong they are and where they can take you. And 
that might seem kind of a, I, I don't know no. if I just went off on a tangent no, no, or no, I just, totally. you know, everything. in yeah. my house, fat is as bad as the F word and it is not used. And we cannot define healthy by a size. We cannot define sexy by a size. Mm-hmm. How do we continue to teach our girls, other girls out there this? We just continue to do it. Totally. And I think too, like before when we were younger, I'm dating us right now, but like we would read Cosmos yeah. magazines and we'd see... Watch Fly Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Cindy Crawfords of the world. And we're just like, you know, we looked up to that. We yeah. wanted to be like that. And now it's really the Instagram world and everybody... Filters. Filters and nothing is, is real. No, just like it rushing. wasn't before. So when you... I, think, I feel like with Willow, my daughter, I'm going to say to her that life isn't Instagram worthy, just like what we say in this podcast, right? It isn't like not everything is Instagram worthy, meaning not everything is perfect. That picture right there isn't a hundred percent that person. First of all, you don't even know their personality. You don't know who they are and they're airbrushed. You know, there's filters upon filters upon filters, Mm -hmm. but it's difficult when that's like your primary source of like beauty information. Of course. Right. So and but it exactly was for us too. Scary. It's just different. It's just mm-hmm. different. I love that you brought up even the magazine world and that mm-hmm. traditional media, because when I hear all of you talking and I'm kind of thinking about it, of course my like gut reaction here is like, oh God, we have to dismantle the patriarchy. So that's mm-hmm. something I have to like, you know, I constantly work through about looking at the systems that have shaped the way that we felt but also the way that our daughters will feel and that young girls are currently feeling we are up against a huge system that is telling us that sexy equals skinny or that sexy equals um a 30 60 chest size or sexy equals um tall or blonde or tanned or whatever shape of body is being represented most um, primarily in this traditional media and now on instagram Mm -hmm. And it kind of like, it makes me angry in a sense. Like, I mean, I think it should make me angry. I think it should make everybody angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we t- touched on the Cosmo magazine. It's actually one of the inspirations for this podcast. They, we have these titles called how to, um, based on what traditional media has been telling us, like how to lose 10 pounds and you know, how to make him happy in the bedroom and how to be sexier and all that kind of stuff. And we're just, you know, at least I am, I'm just feeling sick of it. Like, I want how to bring your own sexy back for you. This dialogue, this conversation about Mm -hmm. it being evolving from the inside out and really reshaping the conversations that we're having with our daughters and with other women so that um, we can define it on our own terms and not by traditional standards. And Mm -hmm. I will leapfrog this into kind of my own answer to this question so I um, don't just talk to systems as as a robot here. Um, I am definitely a victim of this system as well. And I think the same system that all of you kind of felt, uh, that we were defined by the shape of our body, the look of our body and how we ended up using that body to, um, please others and not ourselves. (laughs) And that could be kind of visually speaking in a photograph. It could be physically in a relationship, but never really thinking, um, Specifically, like, how do I feel from the inside out? And potentially, is there an argument that maybe kids that young aren't evolved on the inside out yet and therefore should be 
shielded and redefined more, or we can redefine this for them better. As we get older, I think our insides do evolve. I think our experiences shape the way we feel and we start to take on jobs and identities and roles and things that do help shape our confidence. And um, hopefully we can kind of shift this thinking because it's, it's painful for me to think that girls are defining their sexy at all by um, their body. Mm -hmm. So limiting. Do you think it's always been that way and we're just talking about it more now though? Yes, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think you could dig back into history and, and dig up all of the evidence for that. Um, that would make for a very boring podcast, but let's, yes. <laughs> let's just presume that you can, you know, Google it and find out what women have been called over the centuries. And um, yeah, I just feel like now is the time that we do what Ash, I think you were saying, this is redefining sexy into confidence and then also digging a little deeper and finding out what builds that confidence outside of your physical appearance and traditional media outlets that tell you you need to be a certain way. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's a huge opportunity for that, Anna, too, because all of us around the table are in our 40s, roughly, late 30s, early 40s, um, and we're all at that stage now, but think back to when you're in your 25, 30, early 30s, you're still forming those new opinions of yourself, right? There was a long, long time in my um, 20s where I had no idea who I was anymore, because mm -hmm. this sexy version of myself had disintegrated and this new plumper version had appeared and I was like well what what do I do now what do I do with this body who is this, who is this body and, <laughs> and what else do I have to bring to the table because clearly what I had as looks is no longer something I'm you know bringing to the table so it took me a long time to kind of get to this stage and what I'm hearing is that we've all sort of experienced the same type of thing mm -hmm. and wouldn't it be great if we could have gotten to this stage earlier and for those people that are out there right now listening, for them to be able to get to the stage earlier. Like, don't wait till your 40s to start feeling like this. Wait, like, dive in when you're just starting to change, your body's starting to morph, and you're questioning who you are. That's when you need to start spending the time to really dive in and find out who you are and, and create that confidence. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the goal is, I think, with this podcast, not only, but one of the goals that we have is um, standing up for and being role models for... Um, non-traditional, unconventional definitions of confidence and sexy and beautiful mm -hmm. and success and friendship and connection and all of those things so that we can start to stand in the way of um, the imagery and the visuals and the content that young girls are reading so that we can hopefully make an impact on the next generation that they don't feel the same way that we did. Because I resonate with what you said, Jessica. It's like I was so married to the idea that my confidence was attached to the way that I looked. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that changed, and for me it was babies and then an accident, a car accident, as soon as my body changed, I had absolutely no idea how to identify with my quote-unquote sexy or confidence. I did not know who that was anymore. And um, I don't want people to be attaching it. It's painful when you lose that, mm -hmm. that kind of pseudo-identity, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. But also, why can't we... Why do we say that once I put on a little bit of extra weight or once my body cut it, why isn't that beautiful? What, why, how did we go to there? Why is that it is always still, about weight? That's right. And this is always. when you just said, well, I didn't know who I was anymore once the plumper version of me came up. Well, why isn't that beautiful still though? Whoa, whoa let's go back a minute. Why? That's still beautiful. Yeah, because I think you're damn sexy. So, <laughs> Frank, yeah. That, Amen. 
<laughs> it comes with the mind shift though, right? So like in that time frame in my life, I didn't view myself as sexy because my body had changed. Right. Right. So I think, and I'm not alone in that, in that statement. I think a lot of people feel like their sexiness or their worth to other people is derived through their physical self. Now standing in who I am today and at 40, mm -hmm. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that with my curves and my plumpness it is sexy. And I right. do believe that I have a lot more to offer to other people, but when you're going back to like 18, 19, 20, and you're starting to morph and pack on the pounds, that not that isn't necessarily the case. People mm -hmm. aren't at that um, that and so stage. It's not accepted in society, I don't think. Yeah, people aren't validating you, right? No. Yeah. Part of what builds up our kind of pseudo identity, where we think sexy and confident equals you know thin and, mm -hmm. and whatever that looks like on a magazine cover, um, people are validating that for you as well. Constantly, so it's continuously reinforcing that message. Not only are we seeing it, and you know, in our day, it was a magazine cover and an mm -hmm. MTV music video. Now it's littered across social media. Mm -hmm. It's on Snapchat and Instagram, and fucking fuck, like what else? Mm -hmm. I, I can't even list them all because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just out of touch with um, all of the different channels that our children are being reached by and through and that's the scary part and it's scary yeah we just I want to validate them in another way mm -hmm. the same way we kind of self-talked ourselves kind of back up mm -hmm. and back into sexy like how do we change that dialogue for the younger generation I, I'm sensing a theme like we've all talked about us you know looking inward and seeing ourselves our inner selves as as the sexy beings right and we're saying that it's based on our experience right? All the experiences that we've had, all the things mm -hmm. that we've been through. Teenagers, unfortunately, haven't gone through a lot of experiences. So maybe the solution or one of the solutions are to for them to have more experiences, you know, to put them maybe into more things or maybe have more programs in schools or to do things where maybe they are challenged a little bit with adult things or topics. Mm -hmm where they can think outside of the box on more of a regular basis rather than trigonometry. Like things that don't necessarily <laughs> involve like the outward, like beauty and stuff, like something that involves more of the brains and them getting exactly. praised for that versus like, Oh my gosh, your lashes look so good. Right. You know, like this brand done. that. And yeah. mm -hmm. Haley, I love that idea. This is Haley intuitive business coach. Um, what would your answer be to the question that we first asked, which was, um, how do you define your sexy back then and now? And maybe kind of, if you can possibly link it into that amazing idea. Uh, you know what? Sexy to me in the past was a really difficult thing. I've always been like this, I guess, skinny person because I was really athletic. I was really into swimming and it just, I guess, genetics. And the thing with me is that I put a lot of pressure on myself to remain that way in my 20s and then in my 30s. So now I'm 35 and I'm definitely not as skinny as I used to be and I see that and I'm affected by it even to this day. Now I suffered with uh, bulimia for a few years and I still suffer with the thoughts of wanting to like if I if I overeat or whatever, if I have a piece of pie, I will literally sit there at maybe Thanksgiving dinner, for example, or, or Christmas or whatever, when I overeat and want and be thinking about the bathroom. I won't even be listening to the conversation around me. Mm -hmm. So I still struggle with these thoughts. And I think that if I was to go back and look at all the experiences that I've had in my life and what I tell people, like how really how beautiful they are on the outside. I mean, every one of us 
has a, like everything about us is really beautiful and our experiences are are freaking gorgeous and I think if we go into schools and we talk more about bringing in more experiences for the young, younger generation I'm not talking just women I'm talking like men as well because I know men struggle with it too like my husband was a little bit overweight when he was a teenager and now he has like extra skin on his belly and he is so self-conscious about it like he wears a t-shirt to the pool like he doesn't want people to see so that it's not just like this is a worldwide kind of mm -hmm. like <laughs> epidemic it seems like so if we're all learning that we are beautiful on the inside then we need to bring more experiences into the school system I don't know how you do that but I feel like there's a lot of things that I've learned in school that I don't necessarily use today and what where you I feel like if you want to specialize in something, you know that maybe you want to be a doctor, for example. You know, like you're, you're in school, you know what you want to be. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but when I was in school, I had no freaking clue. But there were certain people that did have a clue. You know, so let those people have that experience where they take the calculus and all that stuff. But the people who don't know, maybe give them experience classes. Oh, I love that. Okay. Mm, pitch to the school district. Who's out there? Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. you're right here. Yeah. 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 I think they're they're getting there. I think there's slow movement in that. Yes. It's been I think rebranded and reevaluated over the years as well with new curriculums, but. Um, yeah, I love that. Just and I'm not trying to knock the, the no. school system. No, no, no right, you're that. right. There is, yeah, there yeah. is more lessons to be taught than fractions. Yeah. I mean, now we should shape these kids into how to be good people and what that looks like and diversity and inclusion and everything, which we have come a long way. They, they're amazing at that. Even things like cheerleading, for example, my daughter's in cheerleading and her particular company and all of the companies now we are every girl, every girl, uh, there's special needs teams now called the rainbow teams. It's amazing. Like we really have come a long way. There's the go girls program in schools, um, for girls. There is a lot, I, there's still always going to be lessons to be teaching them outside of school. And I think that's where we come in as their parents, Yeah. you know, to just say, Hey, and not just their parents either, right? No, it's also their it's, aunts and their grandmas and their neighbors and their scouts leaders and their dance teachers. And village, I think we all have a responsibility in, in how our children are growing up. Mm -hmm. How I do have a question that has come up for me, though, and this might be a bit of a heady question, but how do we validate our little girls? Oh, honey, you look so pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't. That's great. But often, I know what you're saying. Often. Oh, honey, you look so pretty. That looks so nice on you. That's such a pretty dress. You're like, we are validating their looks. Period. It's yeah. difficult because I don't, uh, I, I find that it must come from TV or something because I rarely wear makeup. And when I do, Nora will say, mommy, you look so beautiful. Your makeup oh. looks so nice. She, yeah, she's like a good hype girl to have. Like, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I look in the rear mirror and she's like, mommy, you're, look so pretty or oh. I, I love you yeah can you follow me everywhere it's, just, it's interesting that she notices that i don't know yeah. it's like but i don't have it in culture and mm -hmm. totally it is it's just it's systemic and i think we need to acknowledge that all of the different actions even though they might not seem like it's taking away every single part of a system that doesn't work or that's not inclusive or that it doesn't represent 
um, we have to continue making the actions and we might need to say sometimes that we make a wrong move, that we've made a mistake, that we, you know, we tried something and it didn't work, mm -hmm. but at least we're trying and at least mm -hmm. we're moving and at least we are listening and hopefully keeping our ears open to all the different voices that are out there, but particularly young girls mm -hmm. and young women um, that are struggling with these systems. And I, I don't know if I'm the only one, I'm going to just put it out to you around social media that had like this little glimmer of hope in say the recent past that social media was starting to kind of unmask mm, people yeah. mm -hmm. and was starting to allow for some authenticity and was starting to allow for uh, different body representation yes. and um, different levels of inclusivity and we were seeing more of it. And then somehow, I don't know if this is just my feed, but I did like a mass delete recently. Uh, I started to see it go the opposite way again. It was like we started to put the filters on and then there was like, um, you know, there was the, where you make your skin look perfect. I call it the Botox filter. Yeah, and then yeah. we started to see people in their authenticity, but with a Botox filter on. And we started to see all of the different, <laughs> does that seem like it happened? Yeah. Cause now I'm feeling again, like everything has to be so pretty and we have to go back to like having the same, I don't know, like the same feeling and look in all of the pictures, which is like another way to say your feed needs to look perfect. Yeah. So maybe you, you don't look perfect in it, but now your feed has to be perfect in order to at least on some level represent perfection and beauty. Yeah. And I just feel like, fuck, is there something? Yeah. Haley is like, chomping yeah, she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's twitching. Twitch, twitch. Twitch, twitch. Twitching. Twitching. Okay. Say it, say it. Well, it's interesting because I feel like we are moving more towards being more vulnerable in our posts and what we are saying. So our quotes are like what we're uh, posting on social media is very vulnerable, but maybe our pictures are not um, congruent. Mm -hmm. So that's just what I was feeling when we were, when you were talking, it's like, yeah, the pictures aren't congruent with the vulnerability posts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, for me example, um, sometimes I do some live videos on Facebook. And I have to make sure that my, my makeup is done. My hair can be scraggly. I don't really freaking care. But my, my makeup has to be done. If I, I, there's no way I'm going to go on a Facebook Live without that on. Like, why? Why? Why is that? You know, like, if I ask myself. But then when I go on there, it's like, I, I, I won't be as confident. Mm -hmm. I just won't. I feel like uh, people say to me all the time, I have people in my circle that say like, you need to post more and be on social media more and you don't post enough and you're not live enough and you don't do stories enough and all of the, and generally I can understand that from a marketing perspective. I get it. Like I, you know, have an education in marketing. I completely and totally understand the benefits of having marketable content online in order to make sales at the base of it. That's what this is for. And I get kind of called out all the time for not being online. And frankly, it's because I'm not online ready most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that I define it as online ready, I hate wearing makeup. I mean, I love it every now and then to go out and I used to be a makeup like hoarder and I used to love playing with it. I thought you were going to say hoarder. Yeah, hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Make a <laughs> um, But I just don't want to spend the time on my hair and I don't want to spend the time on my makeup. And I just have better things to do right now. Like I'm more interested in spending time with my kids. I'm more interested yeah. in um, hanging out in my comfies on the couch with my husband. I'm more interested in writing um, beautiful pieces of information or creating an event flow or producing one from the back end. I just don't want to be that perfect. And it actually stunts me. It halts me from showing up in a marketing way 
because I actually do associate the fact that uh, who's going to buy it if, right? Yeah. What's the point in showing up that way when you know it's not that marketable? And so from my heart and from the system, I understand that that doesn't make sense and it's not how I want to show up. And yet I genuinely do see that marketing is still being, uh, you still have to be pretty to be marketable mm-hmm. and yeah. you still have to be traditionally mm-hmm. beautiful to be marketable online. Otherwise they might give you a like or a follow, but they might not be buying what you're selling and that needs to shift. And hopefully I can get better at, at uh, you know, taking my own advice. Hopefully we can all get better at taking our own advice. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, ladies. This was really uh, a topic that was near and dear to my heart. So, uh, yeah, all of your answers were just so deep and profound and vulnerable, and I appreciate all of you so very much. Anna, do you want to do our uh, closing? Yeah. Even though I just talked all your ears off, <laughs> yeah. I should just make somebody else do this. Um, I just can't believe that we have come to the end of yet another episode. And I am so grateful for the time that we spend together here. And hopefully our listeners are getting something um, out of this as well. Uh, so thank you so much for listening out there, Connections. A reminder that this project is run and organized by the Unapologetic Connections Speaker Agency, where all of the speakers, coaches, and the badass women that you hear on this podcast are represented. The agency stands for three things, real truth, real connection, and real paychecks. Nothing connects us faster than being unapologetically real, and nothing supports women more than gainful opportunities to share their talents. So join us every week for this unconventional Girl Talk style cast, where you will be shown the how-to on everything unapologetic. If you would like to continue the conversation with us, head on over to www.unapologeticconnections.com. With this podcast, we are building a community and we hope to inspire you to live your individual truth. If you have some feedback or questions, leave us a note in the comment section below. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, if you'd like to get automatic updates of new episodes. And leave us a review. Oh, this is a mouthful, but please leave us a review. It's the most important part and we appreciate it more than anything else. Every bit of feedback to make this a value-added part of your day is important to us. Ratings and reviews from our listeners not only help us improve, but also help others find us in the podcast app. So connect, connect, connect. I just love that we're doing the outro live. I feel like we need to have like a bloopers section at the end. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, that's a good idea. That keeps keeping, you know, yeah. to keep people with us. Like stage mostly, mostly Anna. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping like a new gin soda on my foot in the middle of it or something. Or clapping or rings hitting the table. We should do yeah. like a, we should do that. Hey, like a cook. Yeah. yeah. Oh, make like an MTV music video. <laughs> that would be fly girl. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.